0: Hello there, welcome to the HSK Student Pod. This is Richard, your host from the HSK EdTech team. Thank you for joining us on episode 9 of the HSK Student Pod. It's a pleasure to have you as one of our listeners. I need to start off by welcoming you back from your summer break. I hope you all had a good and relaxing uh, summer break. Welcome to the new academic year. To all the new students and staff, welcome to the University of Watfordshire. It's great to have you as one of the HSK Student Pod listeners. Let me hope you are settling in well. As usual, I am not letting you down. I have special guests who are going to share wonderful messages with us, and I hope you enjoy this episode. First, we have a welcome back message from Julie Fuller, our Associate Dean for Learning and Teaching and Student Experience. Julie is going to give us some genuine news and updates on what's going on in the school. I now hand you over to Julie.
1: Thank you, Richard, and a really warm welcome to all of you, whether you are a new or returning student. It's great to see you back here uh, at the beginning of the new academic term. So, lots of people ask us, what do we do over the summer months? Do all the academics go home and put their feet up? Do all the students go uh, onto their lovely long summer holidays? Uh, not really the case for HSK, is it? Many of our students are still working. Uh, we have students out on placement, that includes certainly our nursing and paramedic students Uh, we even have new students coming into us we've had a new cohort of our nursing associate students to welcome to you if you're new to us and of course we have other students who are carrying on doing various academic activities including our research students both at masters and doctoral level for whom uh, the summer months are important months very often uh, in terms of continuing their research activity Uh, and and where possible getting out and presenting at conferences and there's also been other sorts of work going on across the summer months in preparation for your return. So for example, at Meridian House, where some of you will uh, have your lessons. We've got a lovely new common room that's been uh, beautifully set out. Uh, we've got PCs there. We've got some really nice furniture, both cafe style and also some sofas. There's a little kitchen air in a fridge uh, and a beautiful sunset freeze on the end wall, which uh, it looks very peaceful and very relaxing. And that was chosen by a number of students who voted on which one they prefer to have. That's the one we went with. So that looks looks like a really nice place just to sit and chill out a little bit. So that's been a really nice piece of work going on just to try and make your spaces feel a little bit more social, a bit more comfortable, uh, and to look a bit more smarter, a little bit more smarter. So there's been work like that going on. Um, Academic staff, of course, has been busy here preparing courses for the new year. uh, And people like myself who have a particular role in learning and teaching and the student experience, have been poring over the National Student Survey uh, results, which we get in July. That's the survey that all final year students get to do at undergraduate level to tell us how much they've enjoyed the course over the three years, uh, what things they've really valued, uh, and, and give us ideas for things that we want to do in the future that change or enhance things. So we get lots of useful feedback from that. and We spend lots and lots of time looking at it and thinking about, OK, what, what would we like to focus on in the year ahead? So we find that really useful. Um, And final year students, if you're a final year student, you'll get your chance to do the National Student Survey, the NSS, um, probably in around January it usually opens uh, and we'll tell you a bit more about that when the time comes. So really, uh, it's up to me, I think, to say again, welcome to all of you. I wish you lots of luck for the year ahead. Don't forget to make use of the academic skills support if you need it, and particularly the ACER site, the Academic Skills Advice site. Um, Get yourself to well-being again if you need to. We've got great disability services there, but we've also got lots of support both for mental health and physical needs. If there's anything that is um, creating a barrier for you in terms of studying effectively, um, then access the well-being support and and you'll find uh, you know their support and advice is really good and they should be able to help you. Uh, And of course in the Hutton Hub more generally, there's all the access uh, to support that you need around uh, the student general student services, including finance. Uh, And I'd throw into the pot as well, the Students' Union, who are also down in the Hutton Hub, again, offering lots of advice, including legal and financial advice uh, and and independent advice for students um, to, you know, answer your questions and, and give you support where needed. So lots going on for you. So whether, again, whether you're new or returning, don't forget that that's all available to you as well outside of what the school offers. Um, So that's it from me. Uh, Lots of luck. Enjoy the next few hectic weeks ahead of you. Get settled in, uh, get focused on the year ahead and what you want to achieve. uh, And we'll see you at the other end. Thanks very much, everybody. Back to you, Richard.
0: Thanks, Julie, for the warm and kind words to our listeners and also for reminding us of uh, the student support and resources available in the school and in the wider university. Most of the HSK student pod listeners are based in the UK. I'm not sure if you are aware that the University of Hertfordshire is associated with many international training or academic partners. As a student, you can actually earn a degree from the University of Hertfordshire while based at one of its overseas academic partners. For this month's student success stories, I have a special guest for you. We have Prasys Jasin, a UH student from Malaysia. Prasis was on a short visit to HSK to see one of his lecturers, Caroline here, and he agreed to pop in briefly to HSK Student Pod to share a brief message with us. Hello, Prasis. Welcome to the HSK Student Pod. Hello, Richard. Selamat pagi. Apa kabar? Wow, well, I have to learn that. I literally have to learn that before we go today. So, Prasis, I am so happy to have you as a guest to the HSK Student Pod. So, before we begin...
2: What's your background? Well, I started my nursing career as a pediatric nurse working in general pediatric care critical care unit in Malaysia. Then due to slow progress and the fact that career advancement is very restricted, I decided to get a job outside Malaysia which pays me better and can finally fund my educations. And currently I'm working in Saudi Arabia which specializes in pediatric cardiac surgery critical care.
0: Wow, wow, you are in Saudi Arabia. So let me say this again. You are a student from uh, Malaysia, but working in uh, Saudi Arabia. Wow, wow. How do you combine these things? So what course are you enrolled on in your UH? By the way, before even we go further. So what course are you enrolled on?
2: I'm currently doing BS Contemporary Nursing. It's a two-year program provided by the UH.
0: So you are doing a distance learning course that is a BS Contemporary Nursing and at the same time working in Saudi Arabia. Wow, what a combination. You must be a genius. <laughs> so
2: how did you end up choosing UH and maybe how did you know about UH? Well... I did not know about the existence of the program until a friend of mine who was studying in Ramsey, Saim Derby, the university partner with the UH, told me about it. When I browsed through the program, the modules are very interesting and exactly what I need to upgrade my practice and to prepare me should I wanted to assume a managerial or teaching position. After all, it's a program from UK. And all this while, I have been fascinated by and by the Western practice.
0: It's such a good that of all the universities, you came to see UH first. That's fantastic, which we are so happy that you managed to pick UH out of all the other universities. It's actually good also to know that it has met your needs. So what are the challenges of studying at a distance? Because you are working in Saudi. Uh, your course actually is based in, in Malaysia. So, what are these challenges that you face as a distance learning student?
2: As a distant learner, every six months I am required to go home, flying from Saudi Arabia back to Malaysia to attend the classes. So, the challenges are the traveling, and secondly, being a distant learner means that I have to step up my game to become an adult learner. All this while, I have been learning. Uh, very dependently on my teachers, on my tutors, on my lecturers, where I was being spoon-fed. Notes are being delivered to me. And right now, I am put in a position where I have to do things by myself when access are given, but it's up to me to have the initiative. So the challenges are to transit myself from becoming a classroom spoon-fed learner to an independent adult learner. So And I'm, I'm getting better at it.
0: Fantastic. So really, you are being empowered to become an independent learner. Mm. So somebody who used to be given in content, now you're actually using your own initiative. So uh, are there any tools that are making uh, this uh, challenge even harder? So if you're accessing this information remotely, is there anything that you would find challenging to actually access the information that you need? Do you have uh, smooth access to the resources that you need to, to do your assignments? Do you have uh, access to all the books? So, is that not something you find? Oh,
2: okay. So, with UH, I have access to StudyNet, or known as the Canvas. Using StudyNet, where there are online libraries and um, CINAHL where a pool of journals and articles are available for me to access, where I can use all of that for my studying, and I can access to study StudyNet, and regardless of time, whenever I find free time, I can actually do it. Fantastic,
0: yeah. fantastic, because you would normally have thought that a distance learner would find uh, accessing resources as a challenge now. Well done, and it's actually good that as a uh, UH staff, we actually now are so happy to know that this, uh, this resources uh, studying it all, our new canvas is actually making a big impact. you You do think that somebody so remote would find the, the access to resources uh, difficult, but you now actually are coming out to saying how amazing this uh, uh, facility is making your learning to become a smooth process yes. so uh, are there any benefits of studying as a distance learner
2: um being a distant learner has helped me to be an independent person to be an independent learner and the people in UH have taught me well and provided me with lots of structure framework in order to help me to juggle my work and my study efficiently so i would say and apart from that the benefits come when i actually learn how to write academically and knows that richard english is my fourth language wow yes and i'm st- i'm and i'm still working on it and, and you're doing well you're <laughs> oh, doing fantastic thank you. believe me or not you are doing fantastic and and through this program apart from being huh? independent learning independently it has elevated my practice and upgrade myself both professionally and personally.
0: Wow, that's really good to hear, that's really good to hear. So if I was uh, to ask you, how has the program helped you to make a link between theory and practice? So how has this uh, uh, BS in contemporary nursing
2: managed to do that? Linking theory to practice has always been something that I wanted to do for my patients but i do not know how to do it until one particular module in what i in within this bsc contemporary nursing which is the pain management has taught me how to manage the pain in patients effectively while i was doing my assignments writing the academic essay i have to go through uh, multiple literatures in order, in order to produce a good papers. Yeah. So throughout that process, I realized that there is a scarcity in my knowledge in regards to pediatric pain management. And right after that submissions, that assignments, I go back to work realizing I need to do more. How can I do more? Now I have all the knowledge already, and I translate them into my practice. So it's actually very beneficial to me and as beneficial to the patients also. And I realize that when the pain are better managed in children, and the recuperation period are much shorter and the length of stay in the hospital are much shorter. So i finally able to link the theories to practice and i can finally understand how to do it
0: fantastic fantastic and it's actually very good to hear how you've managed to improve your practice based on the theory and uh, this is actually i think a very important message to our hsk students because almost they are in your same position they are reading for assignments and going back to do placements but i think now they are going to start appreciating the value of the theory to their practice. And it's very good to hear how the UH BS Contemporary Nursing is making to your practice. That is very positive news to hear from you. Can you also tell us a bit how you feel you, you are developing because of
2: undertaking the BS Contemporary Nursing? Well, like I mentioned earlier, it taught me about linking theory to practice. If I have not enrolled for this program, I don't think I would improve myself academically, even more so improve myself as a nurse. I, could, I, I don't think that I would be any much upgraded from where I was before. And then this program has allowed me to groom myself not only professionally, but personally. My personal growth is guaranteed when I enroll myself for this program.
0: Yeah, that's really good to hear because uh, I can't even imagine how you are doing a course in in Malaysia, every few months you have fly back and now you are working full time in Saudi, definitely that's a personal growth and uh, I wish uh, most of our students would borrow just a few leaves from your your growth, that would be amazing because that's something special a student must have to add all those small 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 bits, it literally takes
2: a lot of from somebody. So what do you hope to do in the future? Well Richard, despite all the traveling, it is an investment worth making. Well I hope to graduate with flying colours of course. Yeah, well done, and well with done. these qualifications I am going to in the future assume a manager position or a teaching position and try to teach the new re- newly registered nurses or the new, newly joined nurses into the service regarding linking theories to practice. Okay. And I think if, it's very important that they do their work based on evidence. Okay.
0: And is there a particular field that you're going to be
2: focusing on pediatrics? Pediatrics has always been my, uh, my favourite and I, I believe it's going to soar me to greater height.
0: Wow, and that's actually very good to hear that at least least everything that other UH staff are adding on you is actually going to come back by you uh, passing on this knowledge to others because uh, people are shortage of of, uh, practicing staff. It would be amazing to see that you've actually gained all that knowledge, especially having worked in different places, coming back and sharing this knowledge to other students. Before we go our process, Please give any special message
2: to our our HSK students. Well, dear HSK pod listener, you have made the right choice to be here. If this university changed me, I'm sure it can do the same for you. This will prepare you to work better and efficiently in the contemporary and constantly changing environment. Wow, wow, thank you. Wow, Professor, that's a fantastic message to our listeners,
0: please. Thank you very much for coming to the uh, HSK Student Pod. It's been a pleasure to have you. We wish you good luck on your course and a safe journey back
2: home process. Well, thank you for having me here, Richard. And to all HSK Student Pod, selamat tinggal. Wow, wow, that's beautiful. I can not top that.
0: Safe journey process, and nice to have you. Bye-bye process. Bye-bye. Many thanks to Caroline for bringing us this uh, special guest. I've got the chance to have Shell Holman here with us today as one of our guests. Shell is the Associate Dean, Academic Quality Assurance for the School of Health and Social Work. Shell is going to let us know about the new assessment regulations that start this academic year. The full details of the changes will also be available by going to the Academic Skills Advice site. I now hand you over to Shell.
3: Thanks very much, Richard. So welcome back from your summer break, everybody. And uh, I hope you had a good time. And now with the new academic year, I have some information about changes in the assessment regulations. And how are they going to impact on students? They're going to impact on students who submit their work late and impact on students whose work is referred and they have to resubmit an assignment or retake a module, which we term an FREN. There'll be changes in the way that work is marked because there will also be changes to the grading criteria. So, to start with, what are the changes for students who submit their work late? In the past, students who submitted um, late work had it capped. uh, 40 if it was a a piece of work for a degree programme, or 50 um, if it was a piece of work for a master's programme. And if the student submitted up up to five days after the submission date, they could get a capped mark. The change is now students grades will be reduced by 10 grade points each day up to five days after the submission deadline until they reach the pass mark. So if I submit my work two days late and the marker grades my work at 70, the final grade will be 50. I would have lost 10 grade points for the two days that I have, have, so making up to 20 for the two days I was late. So what are the changes to referred work? Well, if a student fails at first attempt, their work is referred. And this means they get another attempt. In the past, if the student had to repeat an assignment, they had to repeat all parts of the assessment. But now they can keep any past grades and only repeat the failed part of the assessment. And this includes re-enrolled modules as well. So students who failed a module by failing an assignment twice and then go on to re-enroll and take a module again, they can also take with them uh, any past um, grades from that module. Another change is that when a student fails a module assessment and has to re-enroll to take the module again, FREN, their grade will not be capped. So in the past, a re-enrolled mark was capped as a pass for 40 uh, if it's a degree and 50 if it was a master's, whereas now the student uh, will retain the, the final grade, whatever it is. So finally, the grading grid that is used to grade assessments has been changed. The descriptions such as good, excellent and so on have been realigned to the numbers. So for example, with degree level work, the numeric grade of 70 and above is classed as either very good, excellent or outstanding as as the numbers go up. Grades in the 60s are seen as good, grades in the 50s a clear pass and grades in the 40s as a pass and um, grades in the 30s were seen as a marginal fail. And this is just something for students and markers to get used to, and it's hoped that it will help students see what classification or final classification matches uh, their their grades that they're getting as they go along. So to sum up, it's quite complicated, but hopefully um, I've given you some understanding. Um, Firstly, students who submit their work late will lose 10 grade points for each late day up to five days, and students who submit later than five days get a zero as it is now. Students whose work is referred, so they've failed, can keep grades of any past element of the assessment, and this includes students who've gone to re-enroll on a module. In addition, students who re-enroll will not have their grade capped at the first submission of their re-enrolled um, module. And finally, there are changes to the grading criteria that will be used to mark students' work, and they will be available on the grading reports. As Richard said early on, more detail will be available by going to the Academic Skills Advice site and going to the Assessment Information section, and then you can look at the stuff in more detail.
0: Thank you very much, Cheryl, for letting us know about the new assessment regulations that are being introduced. It has been a pleasure to have you as a guest on the HSK Student Pod. I'm sure our listeners are now going to the Academic Skills Advice site to find out the full details of the new assessment regulations. Thank you. Bye bye.
3: Lovely. It's great to be here. Thanks.
0: Most of us, if not everyone, we have been through a tough or challenging moment in our lives, career, or training. It's often in these tough or challenging moments where we need some encouragement to be strong and to keep going in order to get to our destiny. Sometimes, We have looked up to some people and wondered how they got where they are or how they managed to achieve what they have. When you are working in or studying tough professions such as the health and social care professions, you sometimes need some encouragement or inspiration from some people to help you keep going doing those tough or challenging moments. This leads me to our last special guest for this episode. For this month's profession spotlight, we are very lucky and privileged to have our special guest, Yinglen Bart, the RRC Associate Director of Nursing. After giving her empowering speech to the audience at the BEM June 2019 conference, Yinglaine kindly agreed to briefly pop in and give a brief message to the HSK student pod listeners. I now hand you over to Judy, who had the opportunity of meeting and interviewing Yinglaine.
1: Okay, thank you very much, Richard. Uh, and today I'm really pleased to Introduce you to uh, Yinglin Butt, who is uh, uh, Associate Director for uh, Nursing with the Royal College of Nursing. And Yinglin's been with us today as a keynote speaker uh, in our conference for Bain Student Staff Support Group. Uh, And the strap line of the conference was Empowering Minds, Transforming Lives and Effecting Change. Uh, And Yinglin gave a fantastic keynote speech uh, this morning, which was absolutely inspirational. And you could just see that everybody in the room, both staff and students, was really hanging on her every word. Um, And so Ying has very kindly uh, delayed her departure from the university just to uh, spend a few minutes with us and uh, and really to put together a message for all our students. Um, Before I hand to Ying, I'm just going to uh, just tell you a little bit about her profile um, because it's absolutely fascinating. Ying qualified as a nurse uh, in the early 1980s, I think. Um, She trained in the US, commenced her nurse training in the US uh, and qualified as a registered nurse in 1984. She's worked in a range of managerial and professional leadership roles across a huge variety of, of settings, including the Department of Health uh, and, and uh, various very senior roles in the NHS. Um, and she's worked internationally too, um, including for things uh, like the Associate, uh, Assistant Director for Children's Nurses in the Community Trust. She's been a nurse advisor to the Chief Nurse of England, the then uh, Chris Beasley, um, Deputy Chief Nurse in an Integrated Foundation Trust, and worked as an independent consultant, consultant in Singapore. Um, And Ying's current role uh, is is particularly focused on quality. She's passionate about quality and is directed at Energies in supporting improvement with organisations or individuals through coaching and mentorship. Uh, She's worked voluntarily abroad, she says, uh, participated in outreach work in northern and southern India, which is absolutely fascinating. We heard about that a little bit this morning. Uh, And she does, I don't know where she fits this in, but she does get some spare time to enjoy uh, gardening, entertaining and travel. um, uh, And... um, just one of the many accolades, I think, that, that's uh, that been heaped on her was that in 2015, she's named in the Nursing Times Top 100 Inspirational Nurse Leaders. Um, and we were very privileged to, to be able to listen to uh, some of her story this morning. But although Ying is nurse and a nurse background, much of what she had to say applies to all students, particularly Ying, uh, when she was talking about some of the barriers that, that she's come across in life and how she has turned things into the positive. Uh, And that's very much why I wanted to ask Ying to share that message, really, for all our students uh, and indeed our staff, because it's important for staff, I think, as students to hear uh, about other people's life journeys and the way they navigate and come to where they are uh, in today. So I'm going to hand to Ying and I'm going to ask her to say uh, a few words, if you were, to distill that brilliant speech this morning down It's a message for our wider student audience. So
4: over to you, Ying. All right, lovely. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure to be here uh, today and to be doing this podcast as well. I think uh, uh, I've been at the Royal College of Nursing now for the last year and uh, on arriving there, I was very struck. we in our main hall, Cowdry Hall. There are three stained glass windows and on them there's uh, three messages identifying, I guess, the values of what it means to be a nurse. And But this applies to anybody. And uh, it talks about faith. It talks about fortitude, which is the old fashioned word for courage. And it talks about love. And I think for any of us um, to be successful in life, we need to believe in ourselves, we need to believe that we have what it takes to succeed, but we also need to be courageous. And I think in the conference I shared um, that my school motto was um, summa virtute et humanitate, and that's about being uh, courteous and, um, and courageous. Um, and that's really underpinned who I am in the various spheres that I've had the privilege of uh, serving populations, whether it be in Jamaica, where I grew up, in the States, where I initiated my training, and then in England, where I have completed my nurse training, and then having the privilege to go to a variety of countries to share my experience and, and expertise. Uh, but also, you know, love has to underpin all of what we do, love for self and then in turn that enables you to love others. And um, this morning I shared about that whilst in the main my career has been one of many successes, I however did have a time when I call it my brick wall, where I I, I had some difficulties in relation to um, anxiety and stress. And some of it came about in relation to some bullying I was experiencing. But I think importantly, it, it is about my me needing to take Um, I guess responsibility for how I responded to those experiences which actually made me become quite unwell Um, and during that time I had to really search deep within who I am and what has actually motivated me to do the things that I've done and very much the foundation in terms of the family I was brought up in, the foundations as well of many others, so during school, my nursing um, uh, training, both here and in America, a number of leaders that I've worked with who have oh, I've seen something and have always encouraged me in, in terms of being the best that I can. And so what really motivated me at this time was looking at um, how can I continue to bring in um, the good that I have to inform and influence, bring, bring about change, because during that time, I really lost confidence in who I was, what I could do, but um, I re-energized myself through a variety of things, through networks that I belong to. I I sit on the Chief Nursing Officer's BME Strategic Advisory Group, and this is a group that advises the Chief Nurse of England on matters relating to black and minority, um, Asian and minority ethnic um, staff and patient uh, issues. And it's been my privilege to um, serve Chris Beasley, Jane Cummings, and of course now we have our new chief nurse, Ruth Ruth May. So um, for me, one of the things is that uh, we often focus on that life has to be good. And the reality is, in the main, we, we have challenges, whether they be small or large, life is full with challenges. And I think once we get to a place of acknowledging that there will be challenges... Um, we start preparing ourselves for the things that we need to put in place to enable us to manage when those challenges do come. So life is filled with storms, which is one of the things that I say, but it's something about um, having really deep roots. And the roots may be around the networks you have, uh, the friendships you have, um, uh, the, the things that you do, mindfulness, well-being things to keep you being well and strong to do th- be the best and do what you can. So some of the inspirations I've had um, have been from people like Nelson Mandela, where you know, he said, it always seems impossible until it's done. So that's something that really drove me in terms of what I was able to do but importantly for you here as students and staff as well. He also said, education is the most powerful weapon which you can use to change the world. And I have used that um, certainly for myself in expanding my mind and using it to educate others as well. And lastly, I would like to leave you with these uh, final words and it is proceed as, as if success is inevitable. Thank you.
1: I love that I love that and I feel that on behalf of the entire audience out there listening I should be giving you a massive round of applause but anyway it won't sound quite the same if one person has done it but I think people listening to your message will really really take that to heart and your words as you quite rightly said you know they're very, um, they're very powerful and staff and students whoever's listening there's something to take away there and thank you so much for giving us that little bit of extra time today to, to share that message so that we can share that with the wider audience that didn't hear you in person today. Uh, and thank you so much and wishing you every success in whatever whatever you do next. I, I am definitely going to hear more and more, I think, about what, what Ying gets up to. So thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Thank you.
0: Wow. Dear Yingling, what an empowering message you have left with our listeners. Your message makes you the perfect guest to be hosted at the beginning of the new academic year. Thank you so much for the wonderful and inspirational words of wisdom you have shared with us today. I'm sure... Our listeners, both students and staff, are going to take on your key message and embrace your empowering words whenever we meet a brick wall in our lives or career. Indeed, you have left us thinking. It's always a pleasure to have our special guests like you on the HSK Student Pod. Many thanks to Julie for bringing to us this empowering and inspirational interview. Thanks, Julie. I wish to thank our guests, Julie, Prasis, Cheryl, and Yinglin for the good messages and news they have shared with us today. It's always a pleasure to have you on the HSK Student Pod. Now, before we come to the end, as Julie mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, let me remind you of the support there is for you here in the school and in the wider university. I do encourage you to make the most of the resources and support you are being offered. Our job is to help you make the most of the brilliant education social and life experience that is available to you here in the university. On that note, I really need to encourage you to go and make use of a wonderful resource called the HSK Academic Skills Advice site, which we often call the ASA site. This is really a brilliant site that will help you develop academic study skills and includes resources tailored specifically for health and social care professionals. This is a site that will help you make that positive step in getting good grades in your assignments. Your module sites now should have a direct link to the ASS site. I do encourage you to bookmark this site, which will make it easier for you whenever you want to access this site. I also need to remind you, if you have not yet done so, especially for the new students, do you actually know how to access UHK sites and ICT resources, for example, Canvas module sites, the ASS site, school site program site, Office 365 Software, OneDrive. As a student, by the way, of the University of Hertfordshire, did you actually know that the university gives you access to free installation of Office 365 software on up to five personal devices? The answers to all these questions are available in our help video tutorial which is signposted across the school. I will also give you the following short URL link which make it easier for you to access this video tutorial. This is the URL link you need to access the tutorial. h t t p s colon forward slash another forward slash t i n y u r l dot com forward slash y five double e for elephant a x T for Tango. That's the URL you need to access the tutorial. Alternatively, if you've got a QR code scanner or reader on your phone, you can just scan the code that is on the posters that are displayed across the school, which is another easy access method to go to see the video tutorial. Don't forget to sign up to the HSK student podcast so that you can receive new episodes automatically. This can be done by either downloading and installing the SoundCloud app, which is a free app that will give you easy access to the podcast episodes. Those who have iTunes can also get access to the podcast through the iTunes download list. I also encourage you to remind five friends of yours to listen to this episode. By doing this, you are doing your part to help you the HSK staff student community. Please, do get in touch if you've got an idea or message you'd want to share with our listeners. Nothing is too small to be shared. Just send an email to Richard on r.matovu you write a number two at hearts.ac.uk Richard's email is r.matovu T for Thomas or V U U Uwriter number 2 at hearts.ac.uk Alternatively, feel free to pop in room 2F267 which is located at the top floor of the right building. We are always delighted to hear from our listeners. I know. The new academic year brings lots of demands to both students and staff. There are also many of you who are going to placements or serum placements, which is another tough task for you to accomplish as part of your courses. I know, during your journey to destiny in this academic year, you may meet a brick wall that places some challenges. All I have to say, whenever you are in that situation, remember the following empowering words from Yangling. Proceed as if success is inevitable. It always seems impossible until it's done. Education is the most powerful weapon which you can use to change the world. I wish you good luck in everything you do in this academic year. Good luck in your current or future assignments. Lastly, I just need to say, look after yourselves, and I hope everything you do in October goes well for you. Bye bye from Richard, your host, and join us in our next HSK Student Pod which will have something fresh and new to listen to.